Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. You know what time of year it is? What? The time of year where I do my turkey sound. You want to no. hear it? That's <laughs> <laughs> just any bird. <laughs> Tis the season. Oh, God. Uh, all right. Well, I hate that, and I'm glad I only have to hear it once. Once a year. Well, on that note, let's get into today's episode. We're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, where I shout about the worst news of the week. After that, we're dishing out advice about the greatest day for dishes, Thanksgiving. Woo-hoo. And finally, we've got no one in the stew except for me and Barry. So we decided it's about time we get all of the things we love to hate off of our chests. I'm sorry. This is when I finally tell you that I hate you. (laughs) We all already knew that. JK, you already knew. So let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's gobble, gobble, gobble and start the show. All right, worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, patrons in Wooster, Ohio, which is a place. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> were stunned when a white-tailed deer walked into a Walmart and started kicking shelves. This is It's a story about a deer in a Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> about time. What, what better story do you want for worst things first? You know why that deer went in there? Because Walmart sells guns. You know what those guns are used for besides mass shootings? 
killing deer and that deer has had enough its whole family is probably massacred so it's going <laughs> okay. in there it's just kicking shit off it's saying not anymore i think maybe it was it was bambi buying yeah. a gun to revenge her mother wow that's the, bambi was a girl that's the plot of i don't fucking know does <laughs> bambi have a gender Ooh, why are you a, even so imposing <laughs> these binaries onto bambi let bambi be whatever they want okay right. i think bambi was going in mm-hmm. to buy a gun to revenge their mother all right beautiful quentin tarantino movie would watch it did they shoot bambi they did murder the steer. Okay. <laughs> no, apparently a hunter was in the store and was able, he was like, uh-oh, someone's going to get hurt. So he just like wrestled the deer to the ground. Classic. <laughs> and then they Can I like, get his number? Carried him. Um, they carried the deer out and then um, set it free. And it just disappeared into a neighboring field. My point is, let them shop. What is it doing wrong? Oh, oh, maybe they maybe they're getting a head head start on their holiday shopping. Yeah, but no, deer aren't allowed to shop in Ohio. It's the, it's the nineteen sixties again. Then they have signs that say no deer allowed. That's not that's upsetting. Yeah, uh, yeah. In Ohio, the North. Is it? Is it the North? <laughs> It's barely the norm. I would say Ohio. I was arguing with someone I was on a date with about. um, Oh, you were on a date. Look at you. (laughs) It's fine. They did not like me. (laughs) No. (laughs) They were. I I don't know. I was like, uh, A, Ohio is like the Florida of the Midwest, Mm. which is factually true. Yeah. To be fair, there's also Wisconsin and Michigan. Basically, the whole basically the Midwest is the Florida of the Midwest. No, Ohio is the Florida of the Midwest. I stand by it. Okay, you got the Panhandle, you got the rest, the Dick, mm-hmm. and that's the two parts of Ohio, and then the middle where the deer can't shop. Anyway, next, authorities in Kansas were baffled to discover a random camel, cow, and donkey roaming together along a road. What? It's in Kansas. Where is that giant uh, recreation, uh, air quotes, of Noah's Ark? Have you heard oh, of that? Oh, I thought, isn't that Kentucky? Oh, that is Kentucky because yeah, it's the getting Creation our Museum. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Mixed up. Yeah. I, I remember when they lit that up with rainbows mm-hmm. to reclaim the rainbow. And oh, it's yeah. like, all right, well. You're not getting that Almost back. every depiction of Noah's Ark has two gay lions. So <laughs> I hope you're happy. They always both have manes. <laughs> It's like, all right, the lions are fucking one another in the ass. Um, this is your truth. <laughs> this is the truther moment for you. Right, right. Police said in a Facebook post that if they couldn't find the owners, they would be at least they would be halfway toward a live nativity this Christmas season. Don't try to be funny, you fucking Kansas police. <laughs> Even though it is true. Was there a cow at the nativity? No, I think there's a camel and a donkey. Also, you're asking a Jew this question. <laughs> Right. What was it? Jesus was Jewish. That was a Jewish birth. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Was his mom Jewish? I don't know this What's her fucking name? Mary? Mary? (laughs) (laughs) What's his dad's name? John? Yahweh. Oh. Um, Apparently, uh, this camel, cow, and donkey had wandered from a nearby wildlife park. I just don't know, like, in what context these three animals in Kansas. Why is there there 
Why is there a fucking camel in Kansas? Where are camels even from? Egypt. Sure. How do they get everywhere else? Slavery. Boom. That's why Fred the Goat, a.k.a. the Harriet Tubman of animals, has struck again. Yeah, I was going to say, how'd they get out? Fred the Goat. You never even saw him. There's no reports because he was so sneaky. (laughs) And finally, police in Sweden say that a wanted man was found asleep in an Ikea. Got him. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't Ikeas just prisons in Sweden? I think, I mean, basically... Isn't Sweden one of the places where, like, their prisons are nicer than, like, my house? Probably. Yeah. I love a Swedish prison. Yeah. Well, I, but I guess Ikea there is, like, top-notch. Mm-hmm. Straight from the source. Oh, yeah. You don't have to get it. You're diluted. Uh, by the time it gets to America, it's like, fuck this. That's why it breaks apart so easily. Yeah. But in Sweden, you're getting it straight, straight from the assembly line. Mm-hmm. Right into your Swedish house. I do think if you're gonna hide from police, what better store than Ikea? It's pretty hard to find someone there. It's like, it's hard par- to find someone you go with. <laughs> right. They you get lost, lose... and you're like, that's I, it. Do, can I tell you the number of children I've lost? At least five. All of my children. There are so many. That's what that show is about. Now there are none. <laughs> I used to think all the time about if I had to live in a store, which store I would live in. Mm-hmm. Like, apocalypse moment. Right, right, like, right. if I had to live in a, in a department store. Mm-hmm. Ikea never occurred to me, but it really, really truly has it all. Yeah, totally makes sense to just go there. I go to Ikea like once a year, and every time I just, there's like a, a sheet tray of cinnamon buns staring at me and some unidentified like candies and chocolates at the checkout counter. I can only imagine uh, running from the police situation in which I would indulge on Ikea treats. Yeah. So maybe this guy knew what he was doing, except he clearly didn't because he got caught. (laughs) So officers found the guy. He was staying in the Ikea warehouse after it was closing. Was he in the warehouse? That seems like the least comfortable spot for you you to be in in Ikea. There are beds at Ikea. There are literal beds and couches. And like apartments. They have it all set up. My favorite is when you're walking through and you see like, a person just fully napping there. <laughs> this man. Yeah. He, well, he could have been. So he's in the warehouse like a fool. Yeah. you will, If you lie in one of the Ikea beds still enough, people will just assume you're part of the display. Yeah. Or you're like a family member who's like, I'm done with this shit. I'm going to take a nap. It's but a perfect disguise. Up. Anyway, the officers found him asleep in the Ikea warehouse and he was arrested for trespassing. And then they were like, oh, wait, he's wanted for another unspecified crime (laughs) so yeah anyway two for one deal anyway that's it for this week's worst things first next you sent all your thanksgiving problems to us and now we're gonna solve them deep dive deep dive deep dive deep dive deep dive Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right. So we asked you for Thanksgiving questions. You sent some in and we're going to give you our best advice, even though I take no legal or personal responsibility for any mistakes that you might make by following my advice, which is admittedly terrible. Co-signed by me. Please don't sue us. That's all it takes. Yep. It's a legal document now. (laughs) My dad's a lawyer, so I know it to be true. 
All right, we're keeping these anonymous, so people, to, to protect <laughs> to all protect of you from your families. <laughs> so here we go. Number one. Hello, I need your advice. I'm really glad that you uh, <laughs> emailed us. Then that's good. What the hell do I make for my brother's vegan girlfriend for Thanksgiving? A knife. And then you tell her to swallow it. <laughs> I can tell you that my British family uh, has a few vegans in it now, and the mother has just decided not to make things anymore. So oh, she just orders stuff <laughs> in. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I thought no. she was doing like a sit-in situation. No, no, she's supportive, but also is like, there's too much. Like, I don't know how to make these things. So yeah. she just orders a bunch of stuff for that specific person. All right. I don't know a whole lot about cooking. I'm only, I've been baking recently and that's my expertise now. And even Thanksgiving desserts have a lot of like dairy and eggs. But I feel like don't most Thanksgiving foods, except for the turkey, not have meat? But there's also the eggs and the dairy and there's like all the, all the other stuff that makes vegans hard to make food for. Yeah. Just give them a, a salad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think salad at Thanksgiving is heinous. Yeah, no, it should not be there. My aunt, every year, we she serves just like a plain old mixed salad to start the meal. And it's like, what are we doing? What, a, what a, the, Our time on earth is, is limited. Now I'm wasting five minutes of my precious time on earth eating this goddamn salad before a meal that is... I don't want to use that space in my stomach. And uh, uh, this is coming from someone who is generally now pro-salad. I just feel like it has no place on the Thanksgiving table. I rest my case. Amen. This did not answer the question. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) knives and salads that she can eat in another room outside of the Thanksgiving meal. Yeah. I I think in general, I am trying to consume less meat, and Uh I manage to make it usually until dinner. So (laughs) I'm like mostly like plant-based for the first 75% of the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then I do slaughter and eat an entire pig. But (laughs) Every night. (laughs) The hard thing about a lot of like Thanksgiving-y stuff is that so much relies on like stock and like drippings and things that contain animal products. But- yeah, I mean, sweet potatoes. Oh, she did say, P.S. Sweet potatoes are disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, fuck you. Sweet potatoes are amazing. All right, here's here's my advice. One, ask her two knives, three salad, solved it, done. Uh, yeah, I guess that is the problem. <laughs> well, you can make a vegan mac and cheese. Ew. <laughs> cheese is the main part of mac and cheese. You're going to make that vegan? <laughs> I think you can make it a mac and cheese creamy enough that it's not disgusting. With what cream? You can't use real cream. <laughs> Cashew cheese? Ew, get out of here. Who are you? Why am I becoming this, I the, the defender of vegan food? <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd be curious what a vegan mac and cheese would taste like. I'm Especially not. with a crunchy element. Like a, a breadcrumb topping. You know what I'd rather eat? Just like a <laughs> bowl of nuts. Okay, sure, sure. Ask her. Ask her. She. I'm sure she has ideas. Yeah. Ask her what she wants. The end. And tell her she should be thankful. Next! This is a question about Friendsgiving. Mm-hmm. This year, my friends want everyone to bring one part of the traditional Thanksgiving meal, green bean casserole, mashed potatoes, etc., so potluck style. I don't really care for my friends enough to actually make them something, plus all the easy signs have already been claimed by other people coming to the party. 
Do you think it's cool if I just show up with like a bunch of bottles of wine? Is that a good enough replacement for a Thanksgiving dish? Are you ever disappointed by someone bringing wine? I'm confused. Has everyone agreed on something? It says um, all of the easy sides have already been claimed by Uh, other people coming to the party. I see. So they're in a bit of a conundrum here. And so they're thinking, maybe I just bring a shit ton of wine, kind of ignore the like harder other parts of the meal, because who would be unhappy being brought a bunch of wine? (laughs) Right. To which I say, have you heard of First Leaf, our sponsor today, which you'll (laughs) hear in the (laughs) mid-roll? I... I think my answer is that I've done this before, and therefore I feel obligated to say it's okay for my own sake, which is just, yes, bringing a bunch of alcohol to make up for your lack of effort. But I do feel like you have to, even just like something dumb and stupid. Also like bread. Like bring a nice loaf of bread. You don't have to make the bread. I don't know. Make the bread. My mom, I was talking to her on the way here, and she was listing all of the items that she is just going to make from a box. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, don't don't tell anybody. Your cousin last year thought that I made the dressing and it was just um, stovetop stuffing. And I was like, all right. Stovetop has a very particular taste that is easily identifiable. So he's just a fucking idiot. <laughs> Everybody knows that it's stovetop. It's fine. I'm not shitting on stovetop. You're probably shitting because of stovetop. Right. I mean, nothing in it came from any recognizable ingredient, Mm -hmm. but it tastes like Thanksgiving. Yeah. There has to be some boxed item that you can put together. Yeah. A boxed item, a boxed wine. I'm also a big fan. I did think about this. Now I've gotten very obviously into baking, but... Have you? (laughs) I haven't noticed. I know. We haven't said it uh, in five minutes. But um, I remember we had a pie swap at work once and... I just bought pie. Yeah. <laughs> just buy stuff. You can never have enough pie. You can never have enough pie. Never can have enough wine. And it's okay to buy things. Also, really, I mean, maybe people at your friend's giving are going to, like, make biscuits or something or, like, make bread rolls. But that's something you could just go out and buy and it'll be delicious and people will be happy. Yeah. Also, good butter. Ooh. Good butter. Yeah. Tell people you turned it yourself. The real trick is just replating items that you've purchased at the store to present it as if you made it. Sounds like we solved it. Solved it. Next. We got a couple of these types of questions, so I'm just going to read one, but it applies to several people who have reached out. Our Thanksgivings usually begin at 11.30 a.m. and we eat all day. We finally leave each other alone by 7 or 8 that evening. That's a long time to spend with Republicans and my family is so big that there will be about 30 of them. It should be noted I am an LGBT plus gal and more of the black sheep. Also, my cousin, who has been a, quote, brand ambassador for every multi-level marketing scheme under the sun, will likely try to sell me makeup or the new diet craze or whatever the hell is circling right now. So I guess my question is, should I arrive guns metaphorically blazing with a fuck y'all attitude or do I keep my mouth shut to use these people for future wedding gifts and keep the peace? Or do I even go if I know I will be uncomfortable or miserable the entire time? So we got a a lot of... A lot of questions about like I am gay and like I have a super Republican or conservative family and like or just in general my family and I don't get along. Right. What do I do? Right. So do you what what advice do you have? Do we have <laughs> for this? <laughs> Ooh. I mean, yeah. I feel like if you don't feel safe or if you 
feel like you're definitely going to be just uncomfortable. Like, if you don't have to go, don't go. Yeah. Also, if it starts at 1130 and it goes all the way at night, if you could either if you just go for part of it, like just go for the dinner and then you can also be like, I'm tired (laughs) (laughs) and then leave. I don't know what excuse you'd have to not show up the rest of the day. But if that's a possibility, if you could blame it on work or something like that. Spend an inordinate amount of time in the bathroom. Yep. And if it's not your house, just blow that shit up. Yeah. Not the house. Blow the toilet up. (laughs) (laughs) Just explode your family. Uh, Yeah. No, I'm a big fan of camping out in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is there a TV? Is there going to be like football watching? Oh, that's probably why you guys go there at 1130 in the morning. Is for football. Is that when it starts? I don't know, but I, I think don't know around that. how football on Thanksgiving works or why it's happening or those why people actually go. Those football players should be go. home with their families. You know, all those thousands, tens of thousands of people in the stadium, go home, go home. I just don't care at I all. I don't care to watch it. Remote. But is there another TV that you could be watching mm-hmm. and paying attention to, even if you don't like football, just staring at them? Um, and not talking to anyone if you have to go. I also, I feel like if you don't have to, just don't, just don't go. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I don't, I don't do a lot of preparing like for socializing. Pro- I probably should do more because I'm in my head a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but it does, I mean, I hate to say like, I like just give up, but I feel like sometimes it's easier to try to just steer clear of shit and or steer the conversation away from shit that I know I'm just going to be angry about because we're not going to get anywhere. So trying to come prepared with stuff that you know is just like neutral as fuck. Like, yeah. I've, I've... Gardening. Sure. <laughs> Sure. Plants. Also, you could make a drinking game out of it. And every time they mention a topic that makes you want to scream, just take a little sip. When in doubt. Take a little sip. Drink. But I also get there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, you feel like the black sheep or like you're the one gay cousin and everybody is like either like outwardly or inwardly like not cool with you and they try to push your buttons. I'm also a big fan of just being like, I am the best cousin. (laughs) (laughs) And whether you recognize it or not, um, like, my life is better. (laughs) So it's like... That's um, empowering. Yeah. Even if at that dinner you you feel like you're at the bottom of the totem pole, just know that you you are bearing the weight of being the best cousin. Solved it. Yeah. Next up, we got a fun one. Uh, My parents are coming to New York for Thanksgiving, and my dad is one of those people who needs constant entertainment much like a toddler. I have scheduled a massage for him, hoping that takes several hours, and also a haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) These are activities I do not need to be present for. I also have booked us tickets to a comedy show. But what do you do in New York with a dad who needs to be constantly entertained, preferably if I want to be absent for some of the activities? (laughs) What I'm really asking, I guess, is do you want to hang out with him? I already told him you'd take him on a walk on the High Line. Oh, great. Um, We're both going to be out of the city. Oh, it's so awkward. Oh, no. Um, my dad was in New York once uh, for work and I met him and his co-workers for dinner and he was very taken back by the fact that there were topless women just in Times Square. <laughs> so you could drop your dad off there and I'm sure he could get a few hours of entertainment at least. Yeah. Um, uh, you might then- not like what happens, but... 
You could see that. Um, you can go to the Met with him, but then purposefully uh, lose him there. <laughs> it will take hours to find each other again. It's right. a very big museum. Or the Ikea in Red Hook. There we go. Yeah. That, Call back. Yeah. You, you go take a nap. Yeah. And it'll just let your dad wander around and try to find you. Mm-hmm. Tell him it's a modern art museum. Um, what else? I guess there's some cool like movie theaters that you can Ooh, go yeah, send them sit to and watch a movie, a movie theater. Knives Out coming to theaters near you. Um, the Museum of Sex. There, yeah. Take your dad to that. That sounds super fun. Then go to Times Square and see the topless woman. Bring him to a therapy session. Just uh, but but drop him off. Solved it. Solved it. All right. Next up, we've got to hold or not to hold. Two months ago, my cousin birthed a cute little bean of a baby. Within 24 hours of this baby being born, my parents and I visited her, but I refused to hold her. I'm 23 and I've never held a baby younger than eight months before. This baby was too fresh out the womb for me. I told my cousin I'd hold the baby on Thanksgiving, but I'm still terrified. A two-month-old is still too fragile. Everyone else in my family has held this baby except me. I have a feeling my aunt is going to shove this shriveled bean into my arms constantly throughout the holiday. How do I get over this fear of holding a baby? Alternatively, how do I tell my cousin in a polite way, your baby's cute, but I'm terrified of holding her the wrong way because her head might snap off. So let me wait six months? Listen, we all have to try and fail sometimes. If you happen to kill one or two babies along the way, that's just what happens on the path to greatness. You learn from your mistakes. Learn from your mistakes. You try your best. And if a couple of babies get their neck snapped, who's to blame? Also, if you're good at Photoshop and you can Photoshop the baby in your arms from when they were born, you know, they're not going to remember. They just had a baby. In all seriousness, I am also like, why do you want me to hold your baby? (laughs) There's nothing less interesting to me than holding a baby. (laughs) It's just like, especially when it's that young. It's like you don't even have like a face yet. It's just going to shit in your arms. (laughs) No, that's not true. It doesn't. They they do. There's no face. No, uh, I don't. Yeah. And then it like, I don't know. They're like harder than I expected. <laughs> what? They're just like more dense. Okay. I'm like, why is this thing so heavy? Um, it's also, so small. here's a tip. When they hand the baby to you, the first thing you can do is put your hand under the baby's head and then right. you're fine. That anchors you. That That is a thing. Um, you can practice on baby dolls. A rotisserie chicken. A rotisserie even? chicken. Yeah. Um like lube up like a basketball or a bowling uh-huh. ball. Uh-huh. Yeah, a little one with the small holes. I mean, do it on like the floor or the or the a couch where you're sitting and it's like you can't really drop it. Yeah, you can't move. You can't get you, up. Yeah, and if you do drop it, it's like, all right, it's on the couch. <laughs> my grandma dropped my brother. <laughs> <laughs> It's like still 35 years later, a like point of contention in our family. Because <laughs> my, yeah, my grandma dropped my brother and he hit his head on like the corner of the sidewalk <gasps> and it like blood was spurting out. <laughs> and, yeah. and your brother's fine. See? So, yeah, worst case scenario, you know, you drop it and um, the, nobody forgives you for 35 years. But solved it. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, you could just say, "I don't want to hold your fucking baby." Yeah, just well, be, oh, just be like, "I'm sorry, I don't want to touch it. I'm afraid I'll ruin it." Also, if the fear is that you're holding it, you can ask, like, they they might be playing on the ground or something, and you can like lie on the ground with them and yeah. not necessarily be holding the baby. 
It's a possibility. The other move I've done is where you put your legs together and it just lays in the, your the crevasse yeah. between your thighs. It's a classic. Also, yeah, do it right before you've had like a gallon of eggnog and then you hold it for like a second. And you're like, oh, my God, I have to shit so bad. <laughs> and then you get out of it. Solved it. Solved it. Solved it. All right. Well, before we get into more advice, let's take a quick commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by First Leaf. Unlike other wine clubs, First Leaf uses your feedback and ratings to curate wine selections personalized to your unique tastes. Typically, when I go for a bottle of wine, I'm looking for its chuggability, obviously. But that's not actually a way to value wine, I guess. Thanks to First Leaf's wine quiz, I now know what kind of wine I enjoy. Like the Incarnadine 2017 White Wine Blend, which was conveniently delivered right to my door. You can take the First Leaf Wine Quiz to assess your exact wine drinking preferences, and then they'll create an intro six-pack of wine for just $29.95. Then you can rate them, and First Leaf will select unique wines based on your feedback for the next shipment. So, try First Leaf Wine Club today, where buying great wine is simple. Sign up with my link, and you'll get this exclusive intro offer, six bottles of wine, for only $29.95, plus free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash unhappy. That's six bottles of wine for only $29.95, plus free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com slash unhappy. Today's episode is also brought to you by Atlas Coffee Club. Atlas Coffee Club designed a coffee world tour that highlights the world's best coffees. From Papua New Guinea to Peru, Burundi to Brazil. And each month, their subscribers discover a new country's coffee. My first coffee is from Myanmar. It smells so good, it tastes like brownies and cherry cola and warmth. It also came with this cute little postcard and coffee country card with fun little facts like that a rock on Boulder Island in Myanmar inspired Peter Pan's Neverland. What? Atlas Coffee Club offers ground or whole bean coffee and each batch is roasted to your preference. It also makes for a great gift. You can choose from three, six or 12 months of coffee. And unlike getting coffee from a grocery store, where it may have been sitting on a shelf for who knows how long, Atlas Coffee Club roasts your coffee the day they ship it, so it's always fresh. Get your first bag of coffee free, just pay shipping, by going to atlascoffeeclub.com slash unhappy. That's atlascoffeeclub.com slash unhappy and start a world tour of the world's best coffee. And we're back. All right. The next one is about food safety. Ooh, I'm an expert. <laughs> hey, Matt and Barry. Love the pod. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, my mother-in-law has very questionable food safety standards. Thong the turkey in the sink overnight, cooking stuffing in the cavity of the turkey, generally ignoring all guidance to regularly washing her hands, etc. How can I address these concerns with her without making the holiday more awkward and tense than the baseline level? Small children, including my own, will be eating this food, so the stakes are high. I've already offered to make the Thanksgiving feast at my home, but she insists. <laughs> 
Uh, do you remember that story about the person who was like getting poisoned yes. by their mother? I have a feeling that um, you really are in danger, and that maybe was your mother. <laughs> yeah, there was there. Her husband was like, "My mom is not poisoning you," and then it turns out she absolutely was poisoning. <laughs> she her. was fully poisoning that person. Um, I am a little concerned that these uh, standards that you're listing uh, are just things that my mom does. <laughs> So maybe lower your standards, dear listener. Yeah, I think especially like my grandma has uh, some questionable food standards that my mom always complains about, uh, which she's like. Also, my grandma is definitely a hoarder, and she like our free her freezer. Every time I'm there, she's always like, "I there's just no room. There's no room in here." And I'm like, "Why did the fuck did you just buy ten thousand new groceries to put in here?" I don't really remember what I was going with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. My mom always gets mad at my grandma because, like, she'll use butter that's been expired for a year or something oh like that. <laughs> and they're both alive. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously don't eat meat, especially that you feel like is undercooked or bad. But um, hopefully it's a big enough turkey that you could just kind of pick and choose which parts seem the most cooked and least gross. Sure. I also don't know where you're sitting in proximity to your mother-in-law, but remember that really cool trick when you're little where you where you pretend to eat something and it actually just going on the side of your face? Just like try a bunch of that and just then... Just use some vaudeville humor to try to... Get- confuse your mother and then you can just have a meal at home with your kids like order some pizza yeah yeah it seems like turkey the turkey in this situation is probably the most questionable yeah um yeah because meat is always a little scary because there's like i don't know E. coli, i guess sure but yeah i always think that turkey is like everybody knows turkey is like not the star of thanksgiving It, it thinks it is that's why i tweeted this last year but I I identify with turkey because I, too, take four hours to get ready and then I'm overshadowed by sexier side pieces. <laughs> but the point is, it's like you're going to load up on the sides anyway. So just like take the tiniest piece of turkey. There you go. Yeah. When in doubt, you'll feed it to the dog trick. And then if her dog dies, you know, you dodged a bullet. Joke's on her. Salt. <laughs> Next up, what kind of alcohol should you pack in your suitcase to glug down in your room in between Thanksgiving dinner and watching This Is Us with your family? You have to try to not smell it on your breath so nothing brown like bourbon or rum and nothing that will stain your teeth like red wine. My go-to has been boxed white wine. Take it out of the container and just have the bag of wine in your suitcase. <laughs> I like how she doesn't think. Sorry, I'm assuming this is a woman. It is. I like how uh, they don't think that white wine makes your breath smell. <laughs> Boxed white wine. You're uh, you're walking around reeking like wine. So what are your best thoughts as to the best alcohol to pack on a trip with your parents? And no, just drinking out right in front of them is not an option. I love you guys. This is legit my favorite podcast. Um, have you tried gin? Oh, <laughs> Because I feel Am like I? no, well, I well has this listener, but they can't respond. So I feel like gin doesn't have a very alcoholy breath to it because of the juniper. So maybe um, 
maybe then if you like eat <laughs> we're getting so technical on the, the tasting notes of the gin <laughs> and then maybe if you like have like a floral non-alcohol drink you can be sipping that masks that might be something i'm also got to say a little concerned about this practice so i don't know how much i really want to encourage it yeah i'm thinking you need something that <gasps> hard seltzer Truly hard seltzer. Hard seltzer. <laughs> yeah. Are you able to buy it in your hometown and like put it in your backpack? Because obviously that's not something you can like. If you're checking a bag, you could, I guess, bring hard seltzer. But that might be the ticket for you. Yeah. Hard seltzer for sure. Or at least as like a mixer for something else that can mask the flavor. I feel like the, yeah. the true secret is having something mellow enough, but then ha- mixing it with something that is overpowering enough mm-hmm. to take away like mint or yeah just eat like a, a garlicky chicken carbonara there we go just pile on the garlic mm-hmm. um or like an indian curry just something like super strong it is supposed to be between thanksgiving and watching this is us with her family so i don't know if that's what they're serving i bring home an indian curry yeah just bring it pack that in your suitcase roast some garlic ladle it in Just eat a whole clove. They'll be concerned about how you stink in other ways, but at least you'll be drunk and happy. There we go. Salt it! Honestly, that was probably the best advice we've given this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, we've got some Black Friday problems. So after Thanksgiving, my family will want to go Black Friday shopping. Is there a not tacky way to say I don't want gifts, but here's the login information to my student loan provider. (laughs) So whatever you're going to spend on me, can you just spend it there instead? I just don't want more socks with cats on them or candles. I have so many. The limit does exist. Here's the thing. You play them this podcast right now and you say, wow, this person's really got a similar story to me. You say, wow, what a thoughtful (laughs) idea. To, to just offer to help out with student loans instead of going Black Friday shopping for me. There's one option. Option number two, Matt, it's up to you. I think you have to eat like a boiled shoe in front of them and be like, this is the only thing I can afford to eat these days because my student loan bills are so high. But then they might get her shoes, <laughs> <laughs> new shoes. <laughs> well, Fucking eat the cat socks right in front of them. I want you to boil the cat socks and eat them like a stew in front of them. Put it over a gi- in a giant pot with all of your other bed-, bed sheets and the other stuff that you boil regularly, like Charlie's mom and Willy Wonka, and then eat it in front of them so that they know how desperate you are and that you're that you have no money left. There you go. Now, I feel the same way sometimes about Christmas gifts where it's just like, I don't need anything. <laughs> I've I've reached a point now, like even when I was a kid, I would make in Microsoft Word, I would make like a pictured catalog of the things that I would want and like specifically the cost of them at multiple stores so they could (laughs) choose where they wanted to get it. And it was like, here's the exact items I want. Do not stray from this list. (laughs) And now it's like, all right, I can just buy that stuff myself and frequently do because I don't trust anybody else to get the right thing. But yeah, you can't really ask for stuff. I would say always politely ask for a gift receipt, 
tell them that your feet have fluctuated in size because of your salt intake. Mm-hmm. And so you can say, I might have to return these to get a bigger size for, because my uh, my salty feet. Or, and then you get the money and bam, you apply that three ninety nine right to your student loans. Boom. Sometimes sometimes you just gotta take the L, you know? You you put on your cat socks and you make the most of it. And then just uh, just live with the fact that all of us will be living with student loan debt forever. Thanks, America. Solved it. Solved it. And our last one is a simple one. It was tweeted at us. Which Christmas movie do I watch first after dinner? And there's only one answer to this question. What is yours? Elf. Hocus Pocus. What? <laughs> <laughs> Elf, the greatest movie of all time. Elf is one of the top five Christmas movies top of all five? time. Top one. I like, I think in my family, it's always uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. There, well, that's a good one, too. Yeah. So is obviously a Christmas story. Well, yeah, but that you watch on Christmas Eve. On Christmas, Eve. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Elf. I'd say Elf. It's Because, really, you can watch that movie any time of year, and it will bring you joy. Yeah. Or Mary Fuckmas, the gay porn parody. <laughs> <laughs> there we Just go. Just pop that in. Yeah, everybody will, everybody's going to learn today. <laughs> Merry Christmas. We got 25 days for everybody to get on board with hardcore anal sex. Solved it! Solved it! All right. Well, that's our advice. I'm pretty sure we helped absolutely nobody and created more problems than what we started with. But that's what Unhappy Hour is all about. So thanks for writing in, and I hope all of you survive Thanksgiving. I won't. All right. Well, in lieu of a guest this week, we're keeping it in the fam for Thanksgiving week. So I wanted to find out more from Barry about what her things are that she hates that everybody else loves. And I have a few new ones of my own. So, Barry, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. What is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? I'm so excited. I've never been asked this question. I've heard so many, almost 100 people answer it. Acapella music. What? I cannot fucking stand acapella music. (laughs) I like, for the most part, believe that you can sit through any music and like it shouldn't be grating to you. Like even if you don't like the kind of music, like you should listen to it. Enjoy. I fucking hate acapella music. I can't stand it. I'm just like you fell into a pit of acapella students when you were a child. (laughs) Now that is snakes. (laughs) Um, No, I um, I just don't get it because there are instruments in the world, you know? Yeah, but no instrument is as great as the human mouth. But you know what sounds great? Human mouths with also instruments. I don't like the way that people look when they're blowing into an instrument. That's all. That's what it gets me going. You just know? A, yeah, a nice, a nice hot trumpet player mm. just puffing their cheeks out. I usually go into for that the, uh, little, the little tuba butthole. <laughs> Bass players? <laughs> Weirdly, I've dated several. <laughs> um, no, I just don't like it. I don't get it. I've never listened to an acapella like group and mm-hmm. thought that was good. Did you watch Glee? I watched a little bit of it. 
Did you watch, uh, what was that show that Pentatonix was I on? I fucking hate the Pentatonics. <laughs> I can't. Their Christmas okay, album. Oh, they were oh Pentatonics, my. not okay. the Pentatonix. Okay, I can't stand them. Their Christmas album should burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs> it just, why? Guitars are nice. Instruments are nice. And also, for some reason, I don't know if, what it is that the way that they are recorded and like then the... It's like the okay, the now post sound snobby the about post production of it. They just they don't sound real. They don't sound like real voices. All acapella or most specifically? of the way. Well, specifically pentatonics, but most acapella. On the other hand, I like choirs. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but like, what a horrible <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> I, <laughs> That's the worst version of an acapella group. No, because they're all singing about Jesus. I guess. I guess what I mean is like when you're covering a song with only voices. What is the point? Yeah, when the original song exists with better instruments than your stupid voices and right. a, and a beatboxer. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with that beatboxing. No, I I will say. I mean, this says a, a lot about me, but yeah, there is like a good gospel choir backtrack. Oh, incredible! There is a video of. Nick Jonas singing a gospel <laughs> version of Jealous. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'd watch that. Yeah, that's and different. I love it. But yeah, no, no, no. I, I that all get that's on board amazing. with choir great, wise. Great. I just I grew up uh, like you know hearing church singers that are always like tone deaf sixty year old women <laughs> who are shrieking at the front of a church, and I'm just like, it's oh my god, moment. it's their moment to shine. Yeah, with just a light organ backtrack. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and like defend acapella groups, but I, I, I feel like I was first introduced to acapella in the same way that everybody is, um, which is uh, the uh, single of "Most Girls" by Pink that I got on CD, mm. and my brother got it for me. <laughs> this is a pretty <laughs> early sign of things to come, <laughs> but I, my brother got it for me for. Christmas, I think. And it was the single of Most Girls, which was the best Pink song. But for some reason, the single track didn't just have the actual regular Most Girls song. Mm-hmm. It had everything but that. It had every like, <laughs> oh, it was, like remix. all the remixes and stuff. I forgot that that used to be a thing. <laughs> it was like all I want is the regular song. <laughs> this, this is the only way to get it. It's like 1997. <laughs> And yeah, I I was like, this is what does acapella mean? And it's just Pink singing most girls. It was not a great version because because it's acapella. <laughs> but no, I yeah, I don't think I discovered acapella until like college when you hear all of the acapella groups. Oh, and everyone who's in acapella groups just fucking sucks. They all think <laughs> yeah. that it's like the greatest thing they've ever done, and like uh, they should bow down to them. Also, wait. Were you in that? You weren't. You you went to musical theater. Were you in an acapella group? I, I did for one semester. I'm so sorry. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, our producer Melissa wasn't in for one semester. I should also say I did audition for one because. <laughs> oh, now the truth comes out. <laughs> because I just was like, how can I make friends in college? But then yeah. I did radio, and it was way more fun. I remember there was a guy whose name was John. I don't remember his last name. Uh, great story. Who in college. <laughs> Was like probably the best singer on campus. I just sounds like a glee sure. episode. <laughs> and he that year auditioned and got through on like the first round of American Idol. I don't think he. Well, he might have actually made it to like pretty far. 
Um, so he was like the campus celebrity, but it was like, you're an acapella singer. <laughs> like, I appreciate what what that is, but also it's like, all right, at, at best, you are a college campus celebrity. At best. I don't need any of that. At worst, you're human trash. Thank you for agreeing <laughs> with me. We came around. What what's uh what's on your list? Uh well one ad- additional thing that I hate that everybody I don't know if they love it necessarily. Um I don't know if we talked about this. Instagram recently got rid of the activity page. Oh. Have we talked about that? No. I um, never used it though. And I know a lot of people who like really liked going on it. Um basically if you don't know the activity page it shows you obviously who's like liked your stuff, but then there's there was another tab where you could see all of the people that you follow, what they were liking right. and who they were following, and I would always get into a trap on that. Yeah, how are your detective skills? Are they still going to be as strong I without am, this page? The point is that my detective skills are. Um, for the benefit of my mental health, <laughs> my my detective skills are being hampered by this. Okay. Yeah. Because I used to, I definitely was like, oh, I've followed this person who I'm kind of into. Now I need to see what all of their activity is. Even if it means wading through hundreds of other people's activity, which is clinically insane. <laughs> <laughs> and now they've taken that away. And I'm very grateful for that. Wow, tis the season to be grateful. Sorry to everybody who hated them taking away that feature if you even knew it existed. This was a bad example because I don't think everybody loves that. But I am, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I hate knowing what other people like on Instagram because it only brings me despair. Awesome. Um, all right, a couple more. Uh, What's your next thing that you hate? My next one, um, my next one is rough. I don't know how people are going to take this. <laughs> okay. My next one is Narwhal the dog. Who is Narwhal the dog? Narwhal I the but... dog is a dog who was recently discovered and they recently rescued, which I'm all about that. They have a tail growing out of its forehead uh-huh. of another dog. It's another dog's tail, most likely. Scientifically, they were talking about it and they were like, the science is most likely that it was like an eat your twin in the womb situation. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I think I read an article about it. I think that's what it was. I did or, not realize that. Or the article was saying that's not what this is. I don't remember. This has been science with Barry, but <laughs> All right. the point is. So it's either the thing you just said oh, or absolutely not. not. Either way, to quote my coworker, Jonathan, it's a butthead. And everyone was like, look how cute this is. And it just. It made me feel weird. <laughs> I didn't love it. I don't I, know. If everybody hasn't seen this, I don't know if you're picturing it right now, but it's a dog with a tail between its eyes. Yes. Just dangling between. Just dangling. Also, it doesn't wag. It doesn't wag. It just lays there. And you can also kind of see like the like the beginnings of a crevasse of what would have been a butt on, in its forehead. <laughs> and like everyone's like, look how cute this puppy is. And like, obviously, I want that puppy to be loved. Obviously, I want it to be taken care of and, and in a happy family. But like, I, let's call it what it is—a freak mutant. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> but it's not. I. This is what. This is the beginning of the X Men, by the way. I know. And, it's, the per, it's persecutors like you <laughs> who drove the X Men into uh, exile. Oh, I don't want it to get taken too out of context, like you are right now, which is why I was nervous to put it on this list. So I'll move right on to my next one, which is ketchup. <laughs> okay. Wait, ketchup? Ketchup. I don't like ketchup at all. Not like in a French fry. Not really. I always I prefer mayonnaise. In a, to a french fry situation. Yikes. I love a dip in a mayo. I mean, yeah, I won't argue with that. But yeah, ketchup, not for me. I think it goes back to my sister at a barbecue once, uh, you know, being from the Chicago area. I had a hot dog and I had ketchup and mustard on it. And she said, you're not really from Chicago if you put ketchup on your hot dog. Right. And I, from that day on, was like, I guess I'll just never eat ketchup again. <laughs> and, and, and once you stop eating it and then you go back to starting to eat ketchup again, you learn that it's a weird thing. Yeah. And it tastes funky. And it's I don't not, like it. It's not weird. Um, it tastes fine. I don't like it. I don't like ketchup. There are bad ketchups. There are bad ketchups, but just in general. Or catsup, as I call it. Ah, classic. (laughs) I am always disturbed when I realize, like, what is in a condiment. Yeah. I only recently realized that mayonnaise is eggs and oil. Yeah, that's why it's so goddamn tasty. I also have a friend who is allergic to mayonnaise, what? but not allergic to eggs or oil. I'm and sorry, I was your like, friend is making it up. <laughs> That's, they're making it up. I literally think about it so much. <laughs> so I'm like, how is that possible? She's been to doctors about it, and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't think it's I don't, I don't think, think it's real. <laughs> I think it's psychosomatic or something. Sorry to that friend. Um, yeah. What, what's another thing you hate that everyone else loves? Well, while we're on the food train, I I don't know if I want to broadly say this thing or if it's just the smell of them cooking, but mm. like onions and garlic, <gasps> I hate the smell of. What? It's so good. It is like the smell of cooking, especially like Italian, Italian. cooking. Yeah. Seems like this is deeply rooted in your childhood. I, it definitely is. I think I've said this before, but like my mom's like signature dish is like her spaghetti sauce. And her, she used to make, I mean, she still makes it all the time. And when she would come to pick me up from school, I know I'd be like, we're having spaghetti for dinner because she would reek of garlic and onion. And even now when I go home, she always makes it when I'm in Chicago. And I'm like, tell me before you start cooking it so I can shut the bedroom door so all of my shit doesn't smell like fucking onion and garlic. (laughs) It just like, it's so, such a powerful smell. And it just like seeps into everything. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. She made it right before I had to go. It was like the day I was flying back to New York. And I was like, I... I'm going to keep all of my stuff in the car so I don't smell on the airplane. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, it's like a drop me off a block away from school situation. (laughs) But yeah, even now, I think that's why I'm so resistant to cook in my apartment is because like I just like basis of most of most meals. Yeah. And it's especially in New York where it's like your kitchen is in the middle of your bedroom. There's like no (laughs) other way around it unless you really are like air sealing your bedroom um, or have a bedroom yeah it's gonna smell here you go so I've I've already done three do you have another one that you wanna get off your chest before we wrap this baby up sharing desserts oh oh I find this slightly offensive because I feel like (laughs) um, you and I have shared desserts on many occasions (laughs) I mean 
I feel like there are certain times when it's just better for everybody if we just admit, like, I would like my own dessert right now. It's okay. not always okay. the case. But there are certain, and it depends on the dessert. I'm only, I'm okay with it if you're getting multiple desserts to share together. Right. If it's like, oh, do you want to get a dessert? And then you just pick one. No, we should each have our own then. <sighs> right. Exactly. I just feel like the sharing situation is always, I think I always have to do this performance mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, yeah, sure. I only want a bite. When it's like, no, I want all of it. Yeah. Um, and then I always leave feeling like I haven't had enough dessert when what I really want is an entire fucking dessert. I think it's usually fine with two people. I was at a dinner not that long ago with like eight people and it was just unsanitary at that point. Well, yeah, I was like, also, I don't know half of these people. So I'm just sharing. This is a public bathroom situation, but in a, a dessert bowl. And it was one of those, this is another thing, like a tasting menu. No. <laughs> just like, I'm I don't never going to be full. Oh, I don't want some f- fancy chef man deciding what I like to eat. <laughs> yeah, the tasting menu came with these few desserts, but it was like, you get a taste of everything. And it's like, all right, well, I, I like it. This is like a Sam's Club samples that you're giving me and that I'm supposed to just have a meal out of. And I only get one bite of everything. And I love this one dessert. But I have to share with everybody else. And if we all just spoke our minds and said, I like this dessert best, it's mine now, we'd all be better off. This is important advice going into Thanksgiving. Piss on whatever you want. Claim your territory. If you want the turkey to yourself, urinate on it. Not not metaphorically. It's sanitary. It's sterile. We really took a turn here. <laughs> Anyway, those are just a few of the things that we hate that everybody else loves. And that's almost the end of the show. But of course, before we leave, we got to get to our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier, starting with the TV we've been watching this week. I have a feeling we've been watching the same thing. I have a feeling because we've been texting about it. Should we say it on the count of three? One, One two, two, three. three. The crown. <laughs> The crown. Oh, the crown. Have you finished it? No, I just watched Charles's infrastructure. Is that the word? (laughs) (laughs) I just watched the Charles episode. I haven't seen any of it. I haven't. I haven't actually read the titles of them. But that's like what happens in it. I mean, it's oh. not the title of it. It's what happens I in see. it. I <laughs> see. It sounds like the, the, the title, title is in Welsh, so I'm also not going to try and say that title. Yeah. Um, I just watched that episode. I just am loving it. I really like Charles. I like that actor. Yeah. And I like that. The, yeah, that was a good episode. But um, you know, I have to watch. There's um, there's some movie that he's in. God's Own Country? Is that what it's called? I think it's like a gay movie. Cool. I've just seen people like lusting after young Prince Charles from The Crown. And I, it wasn't immediately like I wasn't like feeling it in my soul. But also I'd never seen this gay movie that he was in. So I might have to go back and. Yeah, I'm certainly not lusting after him as young Prince Charles. If people, people really? were. All right. I mean, Twitter. I think he's super handsome and like I think he's hot, but not. I mean. I don't know. All right. Well, you just worked your way back up to lusting after him. <laughs> I mean, again, but like, I'm not, I'm not watching that being like, man. Yeah. I want a piece of that. It was a little weird to like start out the first episode and like it's all the same characters, but different actors. Yeah. 
also character. They're like real people. Right. It's weird that like one of the children running around is um like uh, under fire right now for uh, supporting Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, yeah, that's not super great. <laughs> not a super great thing to be happening. It's like, oh yeah, which of these kids um, supported a child molester? <laughs> And when will we get to that season of The Crown? <laughs> That'll be Jesus. super interesting one to watch. But no, yeah. the hardest transition for me was Philip. Yeah. He was the hardest because they, they really play it differently. Like I miss the like swagger of the other Philip, but I like him. But Olivia Coleman and Helena Bowman Carter are just fucking brilliant. Like, God, Olivia Coleman. I she say just Helena. Is Helena? that her name? Is it Helena or Helena? I don't know. I thought it was Helena Bonham Carter. Sure. <laughs> yeah, they're both great. There's there's a shot, an up close shot of Olivia Coleman and just her eyes, and it's how one of the episode ends, mm-hmm. and it's like amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I've been watching this week. Yeah, I love it so much. Anyway, what is your non TV chaser? My non TV chaser uh, is honky tonk bars. What? Is that? <laughs> I I went to Nashville for my cousin's wedding this past weekend, and oh. I had never been to a honky tonk bar. And it's basically like music, like country music playing all day, and like live bands and stuff. And I was like, this is really it's fun. And like I saw people in the middle of the day just like dancing their goddamn hearts out and like having the best of times, like just by themselves on the dance floor. Sometimes it was a couple, and I was like close to tears because I was like, they're just so happy. Sure, they're so happy, and it made me happy, and I really enjoyed it. So I was like, you know what? That's my chaser this week. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say I stand behind a honky tonk bar, but I'll it was fun. It. I had never been to one. It was a grand old time. How about you? What's your chase of this week? Were the bathrooms guys and gals? I did not go to the bathrooms there. They did not seem like the cleanest no. of bars. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. My chaser. Well, I don't know if I've said, but I have been baking. Oh, really? <laughs> And this week, uh, in honor of Thanksgiving, my chaser is pumpkin pie. I'm strongly in favor of pumpkin pie. I love it. I never thought it was that controversial. Of It's not controversial. Some people just don't like it. Yeah. And I've been on a mission to make the perfect pumpkin pie. Mm -hmm. I've made three separate pies this week. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I made the uh, Bon Appetit perfect pumpkin pie, which I did not really like. I made pie crust for the first time. I didn't love this pumpkin pie filling. It had cardamom in it. And I oh. I guess maybe I don't I didn't know what cardamom tastes like. And I don't like it very much. There we go. Now we know. <laughs> I like it because I also made this week uh the chai tea latte concentrate. Yeah. In my slow cooker from a recipe you sent me. I did. It was from my friend Odelia. Yeah. And it calls for cardamom because chai has is, cardamom yeah. in it. Yeah. It's mostly cardamom and like cinnamon mm-hmm. and a few other flavors. And yeah, I don't know. It just like overpowered the pumpkin pie. Anyway. But you liked it in the chai? Um, yeah. Good. So I made I made three separate pumpkin pies to taste. And then I'm getting like real test kitchen about this shit. And I've made three separate pumpkin pies. One of them I split in half and had like a pecan crumble on top to see like what does it taste like with it? What does it taste like without it? And then once I decide the filling that I like, the topping with or without the topping and the crust I like, I'm going to combine them all. 
and see if they work together. And they probably won't. <laughs> I've been doing it all separately. But I'm Frankensteining the perfect pumpkin pie. I'm so excited for you. And I'm also mad at you because you've made three pies and you came to this goddamn <laughs> office. You did not bring a single slice. No, I didn't. But I'm glad it's making you happy. Thanks. Anyway, that's it for this week's Unhappy Hour. Thank you for listening. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Genoise Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. We'll be off next week while I recover from my pumpkin pie consumption. So we'll see you the week after that. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you in a couple weeks. Uh, bye bye. What a man, sugar.